Podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree. Yeah, this season is shaped up to be dog shit, dude. The third degree net podcast. Third degree the podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com. They've got everything you can want in the soccer game: Premier League, Serie A, MLS, all the FC Dallas goodies. ShopSoccer90.com for all your jerseys, tees, scarves, and more. As third degree listeners, you, yes, you, receive 20% off extra on top of your order when you use the code third degree at checkout. 3RDDEGREE, just like the website. Third degree is the code, 20% off. Soccer90.com, some exclusions do apply. Well, hello there and happy new year to you, the FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. Hi, it is me, Peter. Yes, all of us are here today, and uh, official. There's a, a round of applause for the good Buzz Carrick for mm. doing this solo last week. Yes, uh, uh, thank you for doing that. And then, of course, uh, first off, the Hatter himself, Dan Crook. Howdy, Dan. Oh, you're right. Yep, good. Did you have a good holiday? I mean, I can't complain. Six points, you know. Yeah. What was the best gift you received in the holiday? Uh, it was actually a knife sharpener. A knife sharpener. Right. Yeah. I dig that. What kind of one? Chefman, uh, some electric, uh, one for Japanese and uh, European uh, style knives. I like to find out that Dan Crook is into knives, into cutlery. I dig Kitchen that. knives. Especially. All right. <clears throat> if there's, a, uh, if there's a, a murderous rampage with knives and sharp objects, we know who to go call. To look to. Or well, not. blame my cover now. Sorry. I was... <laughs> Buzz will just edit that out. You're clean. Don't worry <laughs> about it. And of course, your hero, my hero, everybody's hero, editor, founder, thirddegree.net, uh, Buzz Carrick. Come in, Buzz. Hi, Peter. Uh, you might be surprised to learn that this is the beginning of the sixth year of Third Degree the Podcast. Holy cow. Yeah. We've been doing this for six years now? Well, it was just starting six year six. Last season was year five. You remember we started late in one of the years, so the first year wasn't hardly yes. a whole season, yes. but this is now the sixth season of this podcast. But it shouldn't surprise you since this is now year 27. <laughs> season 27 of Third Degree. <laughs> year wow. six is almost pales in comparison. It's crazy. I, I think I, we you, uh, Third Degree has been together as long as I've been married. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and long, longer than Paxton's been alive. Unbelievable. What? What? Uh, oh, stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Good lord! I'll always say that the rest of my life. Gut punch. Uh, and what wonderful best Christmas gift did you get, Buzz? Uh, probably a Cowboys sweatshirt for my brother. Probably that's pretty good. Although I always get some Legos, which is because I'm a dork, and those are fun too. Legos are awesome. Yeah. yeah. Did you get a particular kit? No, it's always it's almost always something Star Wars related. I think it's this one was a Boba Fett thing. I think it's not very big. It's just a small one, but I it's such a childhood endorphin, you know. Of yes, yeah, it's all, it's all totally one hundred percent. Very good. Well, we don't have a lot to talk about because uh, after last week, Buzz doing his bit solo, and the week before that, uh, there's just not been a lot of movement from for the curious to chew on from uh, Little Football Club Dallas Buzz. Yeah, there's not a lot of, uh, boy, really, it is, it's a dull time, which is not anyone's fault. You know, the, the window doesn't open until the end of January um, for transfers coming in. You know, I, I, would th- I would have thought that they would have 
perhaps one or two things lined up, but, um, you know, the holiday also happened and, and the, the people that were need that need to do a lot of these things are probably still involved in the seasons. And I noticed I'm not a jetted off to do some conferences and stuff right after the season ended. So, you know, it's just, it is what it is. I, I I'm hoping that we're just going to have to wait and then we're going to see some stuff. Um, soon because camp does open, um, the players report on the 13th. I know that. And so camp should be that Monday probably for training. So the, the, with the 15th, maybe that they'll start training. So um, they better get going. But again, the window doesn't open until the 30th. I think it's the 30th, something around the 30th, 30th of January, late January. Um, but then it runs till April. So there's no need to rush well, anybody in like the first camp, I guess, other than you want them to get ready. Why wouldn't? MLS have their transfer window open at the beginning of January with everybody else. When, well, is there a reason? Do we know why that is, why it's scheduled the way it is? I mean, unofficially, um, you know, it's designed to be the primary window for the season. So, you know, they, it's not where everybody else is in their secondary window. So that's one reason why they don't line up because the primary window is really long for most clubs, most leagues and the sub and the secondary window is short, which is the January window for everybody else. Um, it used to actually be, of course, the MLS window used to be much later. It used to be like March to, you know, June or something, but they've moved it up some because of the last season or two, they've been pushing forward at the beginning of the season. So last year was the first year they started like in, in middle February. And so it moved up to the end of January. And so this year with it season moving up like another week or two, I think it was, maybe that'll move up another week or two, but it's not, it's designed to open right like a month before your season and then run for the first three or four months. It should be earlier, but you're yeah, right. Dan, am I, am I missing something or wouldn't it make, I mean, I don't see the harm and I only see value in starting this window. If you're going to expand it, why not expand it to the beginning of January when everybody else is doing business too? Uh, it's too sensible. Ah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm sure FIFA has a reason why it's, well, it's probably MLS's decision. It's not FIFA's decision. I, I don't know. It's a FIFA window, you know, defined, I think that defines these things. I don't know. Oh, I thought the leagues defined when their trading windows open they and closed. Um, it's the leagues or the associations one or the other. Yeah. Maybe it's us soccer. This labeling. I, I don't know enough about how that works to be honest with you. Maybe it's yeah. something I'll try and dig into someday. Um, if I can Does, figure out who the hell knows the answer to that question. Well, then know. this leads me to my next question. Does USL have its own window? I would assume it's the same as the as the MLS one. I've never ever thought about this before about when USL can sign and trade and move players around. I've never even thought about that. Is the championship the same as the Premier League? Uh, no, that's what I was about to say. The yeah, Football yeah. League has a has a week different window than the Premier League. Ah, okay. There you go. Well, sorry, it has a different loan window. The actual like the. Uh, like the September 1st deadline, that sort of stuff. That's all the same. Hmm. I'd be interested in knowing that. I, it just makes sense to me. Yeah. If, if they can make it up on their own, why not do business when everybody else is doing business? I don't I, know. Christmas? Because <laughs> you know, I feel, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I mean, generally speaking, the holiday, the, the first window, the primary window is longer than the secondary one. That's pretty much true for everybody. No, it I may, get that. Yeah, it may be that they want to, Maybe they're waiting. Maybe they want it to be slightly later so they can sort of let the heavy hitters go at the front of January. Get the sloppy seconds. And they seconds. can slide in on the back end <laughs> and then have then from till like April when you have, you know, you can almost get to the summer window when everybody else gets to their end of season. You're almost going to be there 
in the MLS primary window. Maybe that's why they don't want to. Somebody do it. smarter than me knows the answer to this question. And I, I wouldn't uh, even know who to ask. Maybe Andy knows. Ask Andy. Actually, you know what? Andy probably does know this uh, answer. I'll ask him on Saturday. Yeah. If uh, if not before him. All right. Well, since we don't have a lot to talk about, and it's unlikely that here on Thursday evening we're going to get any breaking news. Uh, we decided to kill some time with a annual favorite of this podcast that I've not participated in before. It's the great third degree speculation podcast where we just ask ourselves silly questions and come up with speculative and somewhat silly or. Yeah, no one's keeping score here. This is a thing that Dan and I have done when you're not around and we're trying to fill something sometimes. Trying to so fill time. Fun. Yeah, I get it. I get but I think it. it's fun one. So we'll, hopefully everybody enjoys it. All right. Um, I will just randomly pick for some of these uh, pre-done questions, and I'm going to start with this one. Who will be the next player sold from FC Dallas? Whew. Toughie. Um, well, it's not going to be Alan Velasco, and it's not going to be Jesus Ferreira anymore. So I'm going to say Martin Paz is my answer because I think that he'll have a really good season this year. And so somebody will come sniffing around at the, either in the middle or the end of this season and the end of the next season, someone will offer the hunts too much money for him. Interesting. You got a guess, Dan? Uh, actually, that's, that's kind of what I had down. Um, you know, he's got a couple of roadblocks uh, to get in a look at the national team. I mean, mainly equally young players that are very good. Um, and, and MLS may be a detraction on top of it to the coaches. So, you know, it may be a case of looking at, well, hold on. That's my goal. If, if I'm not achieving that, I want to put myself in the best position for it. Mm, yeah, good point. I also, the other part about this question that I think is worth a conversation is if we had asked this question this time a year ago, obviously the two players that would have topped the list are Velasco and Jesus. And obviously Velasco is probably not likely because of his injury situation. But does it not uh, reflect poorly on Jesus that he is now no longer considered a candidate for this question? Well, I think the injury that he had uh, and the fall off a little bit at the end of last season hurt him a bit in this regard. You know, the part of the problem for Jesus is that he gets paid a pretty good amount of money here. And also the Hunts have a pretty high valuation on him. So that makes him hard for um, a lot of leagues to afford him. You know, you're talking about really a top five league only that can afford him. But with, and this comes back to the idea of Martin Paz too, is that this is a springboard for, for those kinds of leagues. You know, the players can go from here to that level. So if you could have a really strong season, you know, if you're, if you're up there as a goalkeeper of the year candidate or an MVP style candidate, people are going to notice you. Um, and, and that brings me back around to the idea that another player to put on your list of potentially being sold is Giovanni Jesus, because the, the whole idea behind U22 initiatives is that you buy these young players that are a little more expensive and try and develop them to sell them on. That's the whole purpose of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, and the new kid, Ennis um, Sally, will be like that down the line a couple of seasons, but not. So, you know, if, if, if Giovanni Jesus comes out and has a banger of a season or something, then he also would be you know, in that list of potentials, you know, because that's the whole idea that the South American guys look at this as a stepping stone. A lot of times not, they're not looking to build a career here necessarily. Yeah. You drove this in a completely different direction than I was, I was wanting it to go. And I wanted to, I wanted it to become a conversation about the performance of Jesus last season and how much his situation has changed. We've always known that he's a high salary guy and was going to come at a great cost, but now with his, I think we can all agree, not great 2023, 
it's really changed the dynamic. I mean, he could at this point become a, a essentially an MLS lifer. Not that that's a bad thing. It's yeah. just not what I think we all had in mind for him. Yeah, if he would have reproduced 2022, he probably would be gone. But he didn't, you know, he fell off. It. So 100%, you know, he didn't, you know, and not just with FC Dallas. You know, his national team wasn't quite as good as I think he or his people thought it would be. You know, and, and some of that I, I'm going to put down to the injury struggles. He didn't have a brutal injury, but he had a nagging injury that probably hurt him. You know, and, and I definitely think that the the fall off in terms of chance creation from FC Dallas as they had so many major injuries in midfield really hurt Jesus too, you know, but I'm pretty confident he's the kind of player that could bounce right back and have an absolutely phenomenal season. And, okay. and we'll do this time next year, we would talk about, is it 12, is it 15 million? You know, if he has another, you know, MVP caliber season at the age of 23, people are going to be so looking at him. Yeah. But he is starting to approach that age, that weird yeah. kind of awkward age part of his career where, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah, his, no, no. Uh, his yeah. the interest levels from overseas is going to start to change. Now that may, I mean, that doesn't mean he doesn't get interest from League MX or someplace in South America. But yeah. the European aspect does suddenly start to change. He he needs a banger of a season if he's going to follow the trajectory yeah. that he and his people probably assumed that he would have. And I and I do think a part of his ability to have a banger of a season is directly tied to this club getting the rest of its s figured out. Yeah, in terms of the team, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, because it was big news today. Signing with Cincinnati was Miles Robertson, the Atlanta center back who uh, was very much on everybody's list, and I think a lot of people wanted him to go to Europe, but he's not. He's staying in the league uh, and probably getting a nice deal, but not the big dollar deal I think everybody thought maybe he'd get or maybe nobody assumed he would get a DP deal or I'm not really clear on how everybody felt about that. But he's not coming to Dallas. That's what we do know. Yeah. He is going someplace else. And so the question is, will Dallas si sign a center back? And will that center back start more regular games than Ibiaga? Dan, why don't you go first on this one? Uh, sure. Um, they, they, I think they will sign a center back. Um, they're getting a little bit late in the off season for how they've kind of liked to do business for those players that do get significant minutes, which makes me think maybe, um, you know, I mean, for example, we're uh, we're a month uh, later than the time last year Ibiaga was signed in free agency, so they're not they're not getting their number one or probably number two targets at this point, so it may be that kind of third, fourth choice. I'm going to agree with Dan, actually. I think, yes, they will add a center back. They actually need to add two, but they're going to add one for sure. And I actually think that given the, their track record for this, I think that, that, no, that player will not play more games than Ibiaga. I think Inokosi and Ibiaga will both play more because I think it's, the sign's not going to be as good as everybody wanted. Oh, I totally. I think that's as predictable as Sunrise yeah. at this point. Um, I think if they're going to spend money, it's not going to be at center back. And I think think they probably feel pretty pretty solid in that as best as you know what i'm saying like i, yeah. I think they like abiaga better than you and i do or mm -hmm. the three of us do mm -hmm. and they like tafari obviously so whoever they're going to sign is going to be an Ig abiaga uh equal or lesser yeah this, this will be a tam level signing which is the money martinez was on um, you know, that's vaguely neighborhood of that say dollars $900,000 player that will be bought down. So they're not a DP. This is, um, 
it was Martinez. You go back to um, Ziegler. You know, if they were to hit like Reto Ziegler again, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah. But but then they've also had your Brassans or your you know you know, you know Martinez for that matter. It's just not great, not a banger. So didn't I see you uh, retweet a rumor about a? Colombia was it Argentinian or Colombian I, center back? I shared it. It was a Colombian center back who plays for uh oh dang Millonarios. Yeah, Millonarios. Yeah. Um, I mean, I often I share those things mostly out of fun. Remember that we have no idea how many of them are real. I usually say it's about one out of ten. There's been no domestic confirmation of that, but it was the first time we saw a center back linked this winter. You know, which is. And that he wasn't kind of, like 75 years old no, either. No, it was actually, he's 28. He's right in the prime of like that you would like in this kind of signing. You know, like you look at his numbers and the guy, I don't have his name in front of me. I apologize for that. Um, you know, it, it's the kind of sign that would fit this exactly if it's real, if it turns out to be the thing. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. We'll find out at the end of January. The, the difference is if a player is free or he's going to be free, you can go ahead and do it, which is why you're seeing moves happening. But if, you, if you're looking at a guy who's got a couple of years left, that one you have to wait for the window basically for it to happen. And Dallas doesn't like to go early and announce stuff until they're 100% ink dried anyway. They're mm-hmm. very paranoid about that. So Okay. Because of a lot of the conversation that the curious have been having in your Discord, Buzz, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know about the Discord, you can sign up for Buzz's Patreon and get access to the wonderful community of the curious, which always has great uh, Dallas conversations and about uh, the team and everything else. I don't know, uh, Buzz, they can just go to your Patreon page and yeah. do that. But uh, a, lot, a lot of what there's been a lot of back and forth amongst the regulars in the Discord about how this team's going to line up for next season. And one of the ones that I keep seeing is the idea that the draft pick, Logan Farrington, is going to play a big part in this season and the idea of you know matching him up with Jesus up top. And so one of the questions here is an over-under on regular season goals for Logan Farrington, and that will lead me into kind of a follow-up question. Okay, you want to ask the follow-up now? Yeah. No, no. I want to ask, just why don't you do over over and under first? Uh, I'm going to say over-under is like 5 or 4.5. 5 would be over. I I think that while I think this player is interesting, I don't think – what, what I've seen on tape, and I will reserve the idea to change my mind if I want to see him in person. What I've seen on tape, I don't see a walk-in and score 20 player. You know, that's what I've seen so Good far. Good Lord. <laughs> right. Well, that's the people are comparing him to the guy at Orlando who did that, who walked in and scored 20. They're saying he's the next version of that. I don't think that's what we have here. I think this is a player who, in my opinion, might get – he'll play, certainly. But I think, you know, if he gets five, I'll, I'll consider it a very successful season – and again, ask me again once I see him in training. Maybe I'll be like, "Oh my god, never mind. I was an idiot." I'm just saying what I saw on tape. I see like a you know a contributor, but not a 20 goal contributor. You got an over under number, Dan? I actually wrote down four. Funnily enough. Okay. So there you go. We're on the same page then, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, this any, is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, because here's the thing: if we get into the start of the season and he is a regular contributor just take away whether or not he uh, scores goals or not. That is a really uh, alarming indicator about where the club is in terms of what, how it views the 24 season as a contender. Or not. Yeah. Yeah. The difference will be, there's two contingencies there that would make a big difference. If he's starting every game and he's scoring 
20 goals, that's different than if he starts every game and scores four or five. Right. You know, that's the indictment that like, you know, because in order for him to do that, he's a very pure nine. So in order to do that, you have to move. I mean, he's not a high nine, but you have to move Jesus. So like he better be real good if you're moving Jesus out to the wing, you know, so that's, that's the contingency there. If he's, if he's just, if he's, yeah, because here, because here's the problem guys is we, as a fan base or people that follow this club, we've all been so used to just a really crummy level of strikers at this club for the last, however many years that the bar is really set low. I mean, you don't have to come into this team and score, an, an, a metric f ton of goals to be a hero, right? Because oh. think about think back of who the last set of number nines were at this club outside of Jesus. It was Cobra. How many goals did he score for this club? <laughs> not that many. <laughs> okay, uh, Coleman. Yeah, not that many. Jimenez. Oh, Frank O'Hara. Yeah, Frank yeah. O'Hara. Yeah. I mean, we could go through this list probably five or six, seven guys deep. And I, that's why I, there's, there, there's a part of me that wonders that they're like, look, we've tried the go out of town and find somebody who's supposedly got a good pedigree and supposed to be able to do this for us. And have just said, screw it. Let's go see if we can't get the best college player to bang in goals for us. Yeah. For the record, Pepe had 13 and 21 in 2021. Frank O'Hara led the club with seven goals in 2020, granted shortened season. Before that, the leading scorer was Jesus when he was 18. <laughs> Which when he had, he had like uh, um, eight goals and led the team in goals. And then Maxi before the season before that, Maxi had eight and led the team in goals. And then before that, Maxi had 12. One season, Blas led the team when he had seven. One, te- one season, Michael Barrios led the team in goals. I mean, it's like there's been some ridiculous, some low numbers for leading the team in scoring. You see my point. Yeah, no, I do. And, 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 and yeah, and I totally agree with you. Like if this guy's starting 30 games, it, it, if he does starts 30 games and he's just meh at like five goals, 10 goals, then that tells you how really bad the situation is. Now I was, again, if he's like the Orlando guy and bangs in 20 plus, that's a totally different equation. Sure. And we'll revisit and we'll eat all the Maya couples that are necessary. If we turns out that kid is amazing because people are hyping the tar out of this kid. I can't remember the last time I've seen a pick hyped like this, you know, and it's the third overall pick. So people are excited about this guy. Not just FC Dallas, like people around the league, like draft people were going bonkers about this kid, uh, like how hype he was. All so right. well, I, we'll, we'll see. I I, I was only uh, slightly aware of the story in Orlando uh, with that guy. Um, so hopefully maybe that's true. I mean, I, he seems to be the vast exception to the rule. And maybe I'm forgetting my MLS history, at least recent history of strikers and forwards coming out of the draft and hitting a bunch of goals in their rookie season. Um well, Daryl um, Dickey is the other one, but again, that's Oscar picking. You know. Right. Yeah. So maybe it's maybe it's more about Oscar than anything else. But <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Okay. Well, interesting. Hmm. Well, I should clarify that McGuire only had thirteen, not twenty. But that's the point. Is like you know, if a guy comes out and is and he's banging goals like crazy, well, then I'll, well, yeah. I'll be happy to come say I was totally wrong. But I, you know, I'm not seeing that in my book. Hell yeah. If Farrington shows up and hits 13 goals this season, that is an A-plus draft pick and a huge yeah. win for this team, no matter how the season goes. I mean, how if he gets five, that's a good contribution for a rookie, you know. That's, that's, but that's not the, but, but that's the yeah. but that's really the larger part of this question, which yeah. is if he's playing every game and only hits five goals, that's a real indictment on on the club that's and bad, the ownership yeah. and and everybody running this thing, wouldn't it be? Because yeah, what the team needs is goals. Yeah. 
Well, Bernie will have more than that, you know. I mean, but Velasco, Velasco didn't, and Ariola didn't. So yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, let's see. Uh, speaking of which, since we're talking about the position, uh, Dan, your prediction will FC Dallas or specifically Clark Hunt write that painful check to buy out Jesus Jimenez? Yes, but only if the $1,000 ticket level sells out for cocktails and cleats so that they can afford it. (laughs) That would be a lot of people at the $1,000 tier at that event. Uh, So I'm guessing that means your actual answer is no. Uh, Honestly, I I don't know. Um, So the Dom Dwyer buyout happened like I think it was the 10th of January last year. And how Mason much does that, do we know how much f- that cost him? Uh, no. I think it was like 300,000. It wasn't okay. that much. And who else um, have they bought out? They haven't. Um, but typically like Cincinnati's done one. Uh, Atlanta bought out Joseph Martinez. Uh, Miami did one. There's There's been a few around the league. They tend to be that from the time players report to that last week before the season starts. So, there's a Wait, good window I, for it to happen. Am no. I ridiculous? Didn't they buy out Hara? Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah. How much did that cost them? Three million. So yeah. what will what will Jimenez well, cost them? What would Jimenez cost them to buy out? One point four. Oh, this is a this is a farting bargain. In and I think I think Dwyer. If I look at Dwyer's salary, I think his salary was actually higher than it wasn't three hundred k. I think it was higher than I think it was. Trying to think back to Orlando, what Orlando was paying him back in twenty twenty. God, how much I think money? It's 1.4, but. Speaking of spending money, how much money would you pay to be a fly on the wall the day that Dan and Clark have to sit down and fill out the paperwork to do another buyout of a failed forward? Well, the rough part is that Frank O'Hara, they thought they were going to do um, the mutual contract termination, but for whatever reason, the league said, no, you have to buy him out. So they. You know, in the end, they had to buy him out. <laughs> and now they have to buy another yeah. guy out. Well, I'm going to give my prediction, and I'm going to predict that they don't. You think they're keeping him? Yeah, I think it's it's horrible, but I think they're keeping him. And that's because you don't think they're going to be able to find somebody else and they're high on Farrington? I think they're high on Farrington, and I think that other than that, you know, they have um, a couple of homegrowns who haven't proven themselves yet, and they have Milato, who, while he scores a lot of goals at North Texas, has not necessarily done that at FC Dallas. You know, he's a, he's a really young guy and probably will be looking to move. I would imagine they'll want to sell him on at some point. So my gut instinct right now is telling me that they're going to hold on to Jesus Jimenez because it's like the hunts will be like, well, why, why should we pay like 1.5, 1.6 million to get out of him when, you know, we might need that body, uh, you know, halfway through the season for some reason. So like they're not in a rush to do it. And, and my, my, my fear is actually that they're not going to because you haven't seen them. You haven't seen them do anything else, you know, and it's like it's making me. The tone of your voice I know. has changed dramatically in the last minute. It's I know because it really <laughs> bums me out because it's it's actually I think it's absolutely horrible what you're what they're if if they don't buy them out what they're going to do to themselves in terms of trying to win this season and I'm afraid that's what's happening like because you know he's he's what they call a um, he he falls into this tam category where like his number just like Pagliarello is a DP number. So because you have two young DPs in Velasco who they won't put on the injured reserve for the season and Jesus, you're kind of, you're not stuck using those guys, but they're, because they're young DPs, their cap number is way lower. So the only one that you can buy down would be Areola or this guy. 
you know, and there's also these rumors that there was people from Mexico that were interested in Areola. So it's like if you roll around to the start of the season and you just leave him as a DP and just, mm. you know, so that's what my prediction right now is, no, they're not going to buy him out. And I based a lot of that on Zanata's reaction when I asked. He kind of was like, oh, uh, what? You know, like, yeah, why would I suppose we, uh, that's why? a tool we have that are available. Did he you know, grasp his pearls and gasp and say, Buzzard, why would we ever do such a thing? Well, he, he gave a non-answer, but that's fine. But it wasn't the way he's it wasn't what he said. It's kind of how he said it and the look on his face, like almost like, oh, well, I guess we could do that. We don't really want to. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh no. It's like, oh my God. I mean, uh, they were flabbergasted that I suggested they put Velasco on the season ending IR. But when they came down for Jimenez, they were like, oh, we hadn't really thought about that yet. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, really? I just had this mental so, image of Zanata leading, leaving that meeting and then like running, sprinting up the stairs into Clark's office going, oh, I got an idea. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I wish you saw the look on a coach's face when he was smiling when I last asked about Velasco. But yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Bummer question. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking, well, I don't know if this is bummer or not, but uh, since you brought him up, will that, will Paul Ariola be here next season? And if he's not, Paul Ariola. Think the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If he's not, who will be the captain? Um, I'm going to say yes, he'll be here. But the answer to, uh, and I'll extrapolate that on a little, little bit, and I think that, I think what the Hunts will want to move on from Paul Ariola will make it where no one will want to pay, pay enough for him. I don't think that some Mexican team is going to come in and go, here's $6 million. So I think they'll be, they'll be here. Um, and then the other side of that coin is, who would, if he were to, to go, who would be captain? And I'll say, Yara Mendy will be captain. if Because um, you want somebody that's going to be almost lock starter, um, who everyone in the locker room will respect. And when he talks, everyone in the locker room will stop and listen. And I think that fits Yara Mindy, who speaks lots of languages and has lots of respect and everything. So, Danny? Yeah, um, I think more simplified. Uh, he's probably not going to want to move around with a uh, fresh baby. Interesting. Qu- I got a couple questions out of this. One is why not Jesus as captain? Well, he's off of captain now. Choice. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, when 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 Paul was unavailable, Jesus was captain a lot. I just think that at the start of the season, if you're missing somebody like you know, last year Yara Mindy was new; he wasn't really here. But now right. he's been here for like six months. People saw how incredible he really is. He has this wealth of experience. You know, part of making Jesus captain is making him responsible, making him feel like he needs to step up for the team and all that stuff. You know, because he's a young guy, and you want to try and focus him. But I think it's—I think he would still be in the mix. But I think an overall captain, if you're going to name a guy like here's the captain, I think it would be Aramendi. And since you, uh, we were talking about Ariola being sold. What do you think they have him valued at? The club. Well, probably you said six million, and I'm thinking yeah. you're—that's effing nuts. There's no right. way. Right. Well, they paid two million in funny money to get him, so it's got to be above that. You are talking about a guy who was was or maybe still is in the fringe of the national team. Uh, I even think though he's he appreciated quite a bit since then, hasn't he? Well, he had a bad season, you know, but the season before he was great. So it just depends, you know. If teams are calling about him, you know, they, they would know he's under contract. They're not calling to make him because he's going to be free, yeah. you know. So it's. I, I I don't think it would be six million. That's what I'm saying. I don't think someone would offer that. I think somebody might offer two or three, and I don't know that they would bite on two. They might offer on three or four. They might bite. 
because hmm. the, the money is different. Like the, fun, the MLS funny money is not the same as the real money. You're not going to recoup that funny money. You know, you would sell them if you think you can use that money to get something better. So like, you know, his price will, ve- will depend on what they need the money for. Okay. Um, if we believe them that they don't take money out of the club, and I, t- I believe them, I think they don't do that because they're too okay. rich. They don't need it. Will they sign a somebody of TAM level or higher, a DP or whatever, somebody other than what we've already talked about at center back? Oh, uh, other than at center back. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they'll sign a center midfielder because they just love signing tons of center midfielders, apparently. But will it be a TAM type guy? Let's say yes, just for shits and giggles. Okay. Buzz? No. They will not. <laughs> there you go. Disagree. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I think that they're going to get a center back and then that's it. I think they're going to Good go Lord. Under, this is going to be the crappiest season. I just don't. There's not, you know, usually when this time of year, there's lots of rumbling. I'm not getting any rumbling. Not names, but like, you know, people like, oh, here they're looking at this, looking at that. Well, you we know, are only so. 10 days out from camp starting, too. Right, right. So I, I think that they will um, get the center back, f- complete the roster build, see how Areola, Legette, you know, the new kid, see how all that goes, leaving themselves the ability and the summer window. So, you know, so I think this particular start of the season, I think, no, they're not going to sign anything else but a center back. And that'll be it. Whoa. Okay. Um, Because another one of these um, questions that are on here is the question of how many regular season starts for Anis Sali, which leads me to this whole thing that I've been thinking about for the last week or so, which is this confusing state of this club, which is Bernard Bernard Camungo, this uh, Anis Sali kid, the other kid that they signed, the isn't he Brazilian? The one that came from the Barcelona Academy. Oh, he's not signed to FC Dallas. He's oh, he's North with North Texas. Texas. Okay, yeah. um, Logan Farrington. All of this stuff, which is that feels like a lot of youth and a lot of inexperience. And I swear we spent an inordinate amount of time on this podcast, in particular, talking about how this coach doesn't like inexperienced youthful players. Yeah, he doesn't like teenagers. But you know, like Camungo's twenty-two, the Farrington's twenty-two. You know, the kid from Barcelona who signed with North Texas again is 15. That's what you're not getting. How old is Solly? Solly is 17, which is unusual. That's like, uh, that's why my answer to this question, how many regular season starts for Solly, my answer is going to be less than five because you have to think of him as a high school homegrown, mm-hmm. uh, not a mid-career 22, 23-year-old guy, even the guy that was jumping from North Texas like Camungo did. You know, and coach, even in the press conference when they signed him, um, tapped the brakes. He's like, you know, this is everybody don't, this is not going to be an instant impact player. This is a player to develop and for the future. So, you know, I know he has caps already, but they only had one or two. Most of his stuff is youth stuff. So it's an exciting young player, but I imagine you won't see him very much this year. I don't think. So less than five for me. So, uh, Dan, I'll let, uh, do you have an answer to that question, Dan? I guess. Um. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm about the same. I kind. I actually misread the question. So when I was writing notes, I said about a dozen, thinking including uh, sub appearances. But yeah, yeah, um, that's all right. It, it's exactly that. It's one for the future. Um, international appearances are great. Um, uh, it's Romania. It's not really tier one nation. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, because I, I think this is this is kind of the last of the what are they going to do about the roster kind of question that we'll get to. Yep. But uh, based on your answers to these questions, Buzz, this sounds almost exactly like the 2023 roster with the exception of a new center back, a draft pick striker, and this kid, Anis Sali. That's yep. it? Yep. Yeah, they drafted a striker. They're replacing Martinez, we believe, with a center back. We haven't seen it yet. They replaced Facundo with Yaramendi. They replaced um, uh, Hadir Obreon with um, Ansa, Eugene Ansa. And that's it. Oh, they added they added Liam Frazier basically to replace Evans to Rio. That's Happy much, New Year, everybody. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, it's a process, Peter. I'm sure you've heard us say. Yeah, no, this is uh, yeah. pretty much the I mean, I, well, let me let me put it this way. This feels very pre whatever year they sold Pepe. Yeah, I think you know, this we feels talk- like a, this feels like a regression to the old what we expected out of the club, not kind of where we started to feel very hopeful after the the all the deals that came after the sale of Pepe. Yeah, the um the thing to understand I think is that, you know, coaching cycles go like we talk like, you know, four or five years is the cycle. So this is year three. The first couple of years are you turn the roster over from what you inherited to players that you like your foundation gets built. And so you get into the middle of the season three, maybe is when you can make your big move going into the back end of season three or into season four. Usually your peak is either late season three or season four when you make those big things happen. So yeah, we got a pop because of the peppy money allowed them to do things like, go get Ariola and go get legit, you know, but other than that, basically we're still, we're just coming out of the basically turn over the entire roster phase. There's almost hardly anybody left from before Nico got here. So th- this is where we are. And I think that I, I, the overall vibe I'm getting from everywhere around here is that basically they're, they're going to go into season with this other than adding the center back, which they might, must do. They don't have, they can't. Have and that's just that. a, that's just an assumption on our part. Cause it's just an, it's such a necessity. Well, it is it is an assumption, but like they got rid of Facundo, but they have his replacement, and they got rid of Martinez. There's no replacement, so like they need to replace that body, let alone, right? And and they got rid of Corsa too, so that's actually two center backs you have to replace. So maybe you bring back Corsa, but if and I, I don't even I'm not even talking about being better or being talented. I'm just talking about the body. You have to replace right. the body, and they have a warm body. <laughs> you haven't replaced Martinez's body or Corsa's body, well, so there's going to be a center back. You know. Wait, I've got it. I know who the next Tam signing is going to be. Oh, hit us! A drone show. A drone show. <laughs> a drone show. <laughs> so, like, we keep talking about a center back only because I can add one and one together. You know, I, I subtracted Martinez. You've got to add somebody back. You know, roster structures have very specific defined roles. You cannot go into a season with two center backs. Mm. You got to have at least four and really you need five. So they got to, something's got to give there just in terms of basic fundamental math. And then you can start to talk about questions about how they actually can try and get better. And right now I think they're not, they're going to wait. All right. Next. And that, I think this, inter- this question is very interesting when you really start to dig into it, which is who's going to get the most regular season starts as the six, the holding mid, uh, Elara Mendy or Frazier. Dan, you're first on this one. Uh, I think Iara. Um, so it gives a little bit more flexibility to uh, to go in with two eights and, and try and get forward more. One thing the team lacks is a threat building out, and that's a way to do it. 
Yeah, I agree. It'll be our mini, but I think it'll be closer than people think because there will be enough games. You don't want your mini to play 34 games because he's 34 and you got league cup and you got open cup and all that crap too. But in terms of regular season games, Frazier will be closer than you think because there'll be times where you want a more physical, harder hitting presence and maybe free up Araminti to be at eight a little bit, to spell past them a little bit. So I think it'll be Araminti, but it'll be like 20 to 10 breakdown in terms of regular season, I think. So that's probably more than some people might expect for Frazier. Oh, this is a dangerous question. Will Alan Velasco ever play for the burn again? I'm going to say what I said that I was afraid of. I'm afraid that he does not because he's going to spend basically a nine months living at home and then he won't want to come back. So I, I have no foundation for me to say this other than um, that, other than he's a guy who got homesick and he's a young kid. And he, the minute he got his, got hurt, he ran off back to Argentina you know, and mm-hmm. you've said you agree. You think it's no big deal to have surgery down there. Cool, no big deal. But he immediately got out of here as fast as he could, pretty much. And I don't know that he's going to be back. So I'm, I'm very unoptimistic about that one, Dan. Hopefully, you're going to tell me I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I think he does. No one's uh, no one's buying damaged goods. Uh, it's an it's an ACL. It's not. Uh, you know, he twisted his ankle and he'll be fine next week. He'll be playing as as he was before next week. Uh, you know, they hunts obviously had a valuation on him. They paid seven, eight million. Uh, they wanted to uh, hit the heights of that, uh, turn down fifteen million bid uh, from was it Atlanta United? Um, and he's he's too big a prospect to let go. I think you know personally, uh, homesickness aside, he, he's a guy that wants to play for Argentina. He's not going to play for Argentina by kind of crying away and being banned by FIFA for uh, however long if he doesn't want to go back to Frisco. Yeah. I just remember what Castillo did, and this guy really wants to play for Boca or River. Well, the, just, the thing is, with Castillo, he was he was fit. He was in the form of his life, and yes, someone was willing to pay the money. It's just FC Dallas wanted to hold out for more. I certainly hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I could see this ending both ways. My guess is, Buzz, as I'm more, I'm leaning towards Dan that he is going to play for Dallas again. I just don't know if we're going to. I don't know enough about him as a person or have a sense as to what his level of drive or determination is to get back at the level he was at when he arrived here. Yeah, and uh, you know, I could see, uh, I can see an ending where he shows back up and plays lights out, but I could also see a guy who just struggles with coming back from an ACL injury and you know we never really ever get to see the player we thought we got you know we thought we got yeah I don't know how this ends but I don't either yeah um what a bummer this podcast is. I know sorry bro <laughs> just just do the suck on aren't you read now yeah do the what Soccer do the soccer read. Yeah. Soccer night you read now. <laughs> just, Steve we're about to do kit talk don't worry just uh go back to what you were doing uh let's see oh this is a great and joyful question and this one's filled with nothing but positive uh answers how many regular season starts for the good old paxton pomacall in 2024 30 30 yeah whoa okay now you're cooking he's he's a he's the bionic uh he's the bionic man now and i mean he had 24 26 uh last year 
you know, that first year, like first proper year back from the surgery, uh, absolutely cooking at times. Yeah, I think uh, Paxton's going to be the warrior in an, in an otherwise dog shit season. Okay. Our regular season, I'm going to say 25, 26, because I think they'll, I think they'll rotate to ER Mindy to eight a little bit. Um, legit will play in it a little bit. And plus they'll Paxton will get into some other things like league cups and open cups too. So they'll rotate him out some in a regular season. So I'm going to say 25, 26. Okay. With the, uh, us camp, uh, call ups for January happening, uh, probably by the time somebody listens to this podcast, right? Um, any, any Dallas player is going to be on the list buzz. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to predict just pulling them out of nowhere too. And I'm going to say Bernie and Nikosi hmm. are going to get a January camp call up. And I couldn't even tell you why, other than I think young and exciting player in Bernie and a guy in Nikosi who's steadily, steadily, steadily improved to where he's a big physical project product who needs to be now right on the outskirts of the national team. So those are my two. That's the same I had. Uh, you know, oh. January camp is is typically that time, right, where you kick the tires on some uh, players that have kind of been on the outside looking in that have done well uh, with Bernie, especially kind of you know more eyes on him uh, ahead of the Olympics. Yeah, I was going to say that. I'm pretty sure I read that the Olympic coach is going to be in this camp, so that'll be a part of why Bernie will be there. Okay, I think. Uh, let's see any players from North Texas that will cross over to Dallas to the senior team. Um, if I want to say like the next one, cause it won't happen right here at the beginning of the season. Um, I, I think that, uh, Tyshawn Rose is interesting. He's the, uh, left back from Boston college. who wasn't even drafted. Um, I think he got hurt at the end of last year, but he was really starting to show some stuff prior to last year. I think him or, or Carl Sante, who's the Haitian six, He's the ball's a little too loose on him, so I'm maybe maybe not as confident about him. But I think Tayshawn Rose is pretty interesting. Um, and then if I can give you a third name, just because I love to do this kind of thing, Jacob Garcia, who's the 17 year old kid from El Paso Locomotive. Um, I think he needs another year in North Texas, but I think he's just as exciting as any homegrown they have. Um, even though what position is he? He's a eight or a or a ten. Like he plays the same same as um, Legette, if you will, or Paxton plays that kind of role. Um, I think he could be really good. I, uh, he, he just got his first USU 17 cap last year. Um, so, you know, that's camp, excuse me, not cap camp. So he's a player of, of interest. I think he's not there yet, but he's one for the future. And, and Rose, who's going to be 23 this year, if he has a gangbuster of a year at left back, you know, you might, you know, if, if, if it's always of good values, if you can bring a guy in who's really, really cheap and really, really valuable, you know, as a depth piece and you, you're not gonna be able to keep Sam Junka on this super low contract forever. You know, like I know he's got, they got him an option for now, but at some point he's going to want a lot more money and that may not be fitting in depending on what you're doing with Marco Farfan and mm -hmm. whatever. So Rose is interesting still to me. Dan, uh, next question. Do you think Sebastian Legette has a redemption season in 2024? Oh boy. Um, if he's, with FC Dallas, uh, you know, I think a lot of the uh, off-field things that went on are behind him, and that's that's conducive of having a, a much better season. Okay. Uh, if as long as he stays fit, anyway. Yeah. 
Buzz, do you have any sense as to whether or not he gets traded or sold or Legit? whatever? Yeah. I don't think so. I think they'll keep him. I don't I don't think at, at him, you know, going on 31, that there's going to be a lot of people that will want to give you, you know, uh, enough for him to make it worth it. Um, you know, right now they need players in the, this particular position with Allen out. You know, he is the one that can play a more advanced, more attacking kind of role, you know, more aggressive, get into the box kind of role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the end of last, not last season, the end of the previous season, he was doing really well. And then last season, once he kind of came through all his things, he started to show a little bit again. So I think I think they will just uh, hold on him and, and hope that he can rally and, and, and do good things this year. Okay. Uh, let's see. So one of the questions this is interesting to me is uh, where you think the team will finish in the Open Cup. But my question is, will they actually play in the Open Cup? Ah, uh, I'm going to say that, they're yes, they're going to play in the Open Cup because I don't think U.S. soccer is going to let them get away with that shenanigans. But I think they'll, they'll play up a lot of players from as North Texas means they're allowed to. Um, and I don't think they'll get very far. I don't think – I think that despite the fact they claim to care about the Open Cup, no one at FC Dallas cares about the Open Cup. Even though it's got their parents, their dad's name on it, I don't think they care. Because the only person that cared was Oscar, and he's gone. Now, now, and I'm not saying this based on what they say, because they say they care. I'm saying it based on their behavior. They don't care about it. So I think they'll fall out in the first, you know, maybe win one game, maybe fall second round crap out. So, Dan, you got a prediction? Uh, yeah, I mean, if they're in that thing, that's probably the, the best chance of silverware. So maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll remember their dad's names on it. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Uh, my prediction is is that the U.S. Open Cup drama between the Federation and the league is nowhere close to being over yet, and I think it gets messier before it mm. uh, gets resolved. Okay. Which will then lead lead us to the other thing, the far more important wink wink leagues cup. How's the team going to do in that this year, Dan? Uh, they got Tigris in the groups, right? Yep. Uh, out in the group. Yeah, honestly, I say the same thing because Tigris is really good. And th- that'll be right about the time Dallas is doing its midsummer swoon, you know, because of the heat. That's what, kind of when it happens. So, um, yeah, I'm with Dan. I think they'll lose out in the group and won't advance out of the group. You know, they're, they're the number two seed in the group, basically. You know, and they'll get a third-tier team, which is, quote-unquote, the bottom sort of teams in MLS. But... And MLS, the bottom sort of teams tend to get better pretty quick. I mean, look what Colorado's doing. So, you know, I, I think I'm with Dan. I think they'll fall out in the leagues in the group stage. Mm. Wow, this is going to be a winner of a season. Uh, let's see. Next one. Oh, Martin, it, I, this is a curious question to me. I don't know why. Um, it, the question that's pre-written is, will Martin Paws take the number one jersey? I'm assuming he doesn't have it now because he didn't want it. But now I realize, no, it's because um, Jimmy had it, right? Yeah, Jimmy had it. Yep. So uh, I'm assuming Jimmy's not coming back. Will Paws decide to take the number one? Uh, I think, yes, he will. Um, And I agree that Jimmy is not going to come back. I think Jimmy will be ready to move on to whatever the next phase of his career is. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to say that, yes, Paz will jump to the one jersey. Dan? Yeah, uh, he had a, a Utrecht um, with Jimmy. Um, I think if, if he does come back, it's probably not in a playing capacity. Oh, yeah. I'd love to have him back as a coach. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Uh, so this also leads to Buzz's favorite question on this list, and I'm surprised mm. it wasn't on the top of the page, which is predict a Dallas player number change, with the exception, obviously, of uh, pause. I'm going to predict that Yara Mendy will ask Farfan for the number four jersey and that Farfan will let him have it. Because Far, Farfan... Because he doesn't want to get his ass kicked? No, because Farfan... <laughs> like, if you look at Farfan's number history, he doesn't really seem to have necessarily have a favorite now i will tell you that in the history of fc dallas number four is left back so there are people that will say that it's a center back and a lot of stuff but here at this club it's a left back so that aside though yara mindy's entire branding of himself his personal website all of his social media handles they're all yara four so like that he's known worldwide for his fan base which is probably bigger than fc dallas's as four so i think he'll ask for it and i think far fan will give it to him Man, Paul Broom is fist pumping somewhere listening to this episode. Yep. Chris Bondy. And Chris Bondy too. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's been four for Martin. It's been four is left back here a lot. So um, all right. I've been kind of peddling through the last of these questions, and I'm saving the best question for last. <laughs> I got a uh, bunch you haven't asked yet. <laughs> yeah, but they're all kind of the same thing. Okay. And I don't wanna, you know, I don't wanna all right, here's an interesting one we didn't get to. Uh, if they, if you, one of you guys could make one realistic, and realistic was put in italics, <laughs> yeah. uh, national team signing, who would it be? Well, like realistic just meant that you have to sort of be able to justify it. Like you can't say Pepe because you're not going to get him, right? So um, I'll go first. And my realistic national team signing is James Sands. Who currently plays for NYCFC? Yeah. Who is a who is a six that's very similar to Yara Mendy and how he plays. He's a little not quite as good as a progressive passer, but um, has a lot of the same qualities in terms of intercepts and game readings, and is a nice young American player. So that's to me. And like if you look up various valuations or whatever, he's on like two, three million or whatever. To me, that feels realistic. So for me, that's one. James Sands. Hmm. You got I, anybody, I, but I thought his move to Rangers was permanent. I didn't realize that. Uh, as far as I know, he's. I look when I looked today. Yeah, no, he he's, still he's, listed he's, as uh, New York City. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely back there. It got terminated in March. I just didn't. Oh boy, uh, realistic U.S. men's national team. Player. You think about mm. it for a second, Dan. I'm gonna throw out my answer because it's at the front of my head, and I don't want to forget it before it, it gets Go. my turn. What about Johnny Cardozo? Who's playing down in Brazil? Yeah, yeah, he's certainly a quality player. I don't know enough about him to whether to say whether I would like him over Sands, but certainly he's a good player. Oh, I think he's probably a better player than Sands. Yeah, and he's playing at a pretty high level in Brazil. Yeah, that's a great be, one. It'd be an interesting, I and mean, he's a good six. It would yeah, be an yeah. interesting addition to this team. Yeah, that's a good one. I didn't say Chris Richards. I felt that to be unrealistic. <laughs> a bit. Or, or Cameron Carter Vickers, who would cost you like fifteen million at this point. So, like, yeah. I left out those kind of. Well, days. I'm just trying to think of people that I think would want to come back and play in MLS because it's a step up, or a, or or they don't, you know, not that uh, playing in MLS is a step up from playing in Brazil. I just it seems like that is a a, a mean like he could make more money here probably than maybe he's making in Brazil, possibly better exposure, et cetera, et cetera. I think you could have said that Alex and Dejas is somewhat reasonable playing for club America. I mean, it's a good spot, but yeah. maybe he might let's come back. Yeah. But I'm sticking with James Sands. That's my reason. All right, Dan, I'm sorry. I, I jumped in front of you. Um, 
Yeah, I, I am drawing an absolute blank. I'm looking through players and I'm like, either I don't see where they fit in or how FC Dallas fits in for them. Hmm. Okay. So you're not going to back me up on Johnny? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Hmm. Oh, well. Um, all right, Buzz, and because everybody loves it when you do this, uh, well, who do you think the next homegrown, uh, homegrown, homegrown signing is going <laughs> to be? Well, I'm sticking with my, it's not going to be Julian Eyestone, even though it, they really wanted it to be. It's not going to be Kevin Bonilla, even though it should have been. Uh, I'm going to say it's the, um, the kid that they brought in from Flamingo, uh, FC Dallas brought in. His name is Gabriel Mont- Mont- oh, good Lord. Mendonca. It shouldn't be that hard to say. Gabriel Mendonca. He's we'll 16, call him Bob. going on 17. <laughs> He's the one that's from the U.S., but was raised in Brazil. He's an eight. He's really, really, really good. I think that he'll be the next one. I could just see that that gets picked up, and the kid comes and plays for the team, and suddenly Bob. out of the Rhine is the cheer, Bob. Bob, and he's so confused. Oh, they, they, FC <laughs> should do that all the time. They would give guys American nicknames like Little Joe Cow. Yes. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rosalita yeah. Vaca. Yeah. They call they call him by their Americanized gringo name, even though, you know, it's like <laughs> there was a bit for a while at FC Dallas. Um, all right, Buzz. Uh, before I get to the really good question, mm-hmm. is there any other questions in here that I haven't asked that you really had an itch to answer? Um, uh, the, the League MX one. Or the MLS Cup one. Uh, Well, well, those are just so depressing. (laughs) Or the breakout Uh, player or the leading scorer. uh, Okay. All right. Who's the leading scorer going to be this year? Well, probably Asus. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. Okay. And who's going to be the breakout player this year? (laughs) Dan, if you got one, go ahead. Um, I mean, I I would have said um, it's cheating, but I would have said Liam Fraser. Why is that cheating? Well, you know, he wasn't like the full breakout player, but he had a pretty good um, couple of months since he got signed. No, I agree. I've, my feeling about him is very different today than it was after his first, you know, four or five appearances. Um, and I, I'm ca- quietly hopeful that he becomes a solid starter for this team because I think that improves Elara Mendy's ability to do something good for the team. But that's a different story. I'm going to go with Eugene Ansa. No, no farting way. He's gonna, he's gonna have the six month bounce. He's gonna be, you know, he's gonna start more than you think, and he'll score. Well, I know he's gonna start more yeah. than I want him to, but I have. I, His numbers will be Obreon like. He'll be like five, six, seven goals and five, six assists. That's my breakout. Eugene, that's that's a that's the depressing breakout. If coming in here and scoring four six goals is a breakout season, that's a bummer. Yeah, well, I don't think Ariel for an international signing. I don't think the rookie's going to do anything of that level. I don't think Ariel is going to rebound to that level. Velasco's out for the whole year. Camingo, I'm not calling him a breakout because we already he already broke out. And his solace Solly is too young. Dante Sealy for me is not doing it. Mulatto's not doing it. Uh, Paxson's been here. Tiki's not getting enough playing time to be a breakout player. Dan. Who you got? Dan. Who pissed in Buzz's Cheerios before we I'm just saying recording? Eugene Ansel's going to be the breakout. Um, I think it was probably Andre Zanotta. <laughs> yeah. Did you get coal for Christmas, Buzz? No, I'm just calling it like I see it, my dude. Okay. Because this is like officially Buzz the Grinch episode. I know. I'm sorry to bring it down. Good Lord. Uh, These all things right. all add up to me. 
And will <laughs> it's just let's keep the good vibes going. Will Dallas ever win MLS Cup? <laughs> well, ever, yes. In the next decade, no. Oh. And I'll be like on Social Security. Peter, you tell me anything that you see that tells you this club will win MLS Cup inside a decade. I would love to hear a real thing. Oh, that I, think that's it true. could be, I, look, it could just be some weird, uh, I mean, it's the way that the hunts have ever won championships. It's just been a weird alignment of circumstance. The stars come together in yeah. a particular way for one particular season. Draft Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to water down their success with the chiefs and Mahomes because obviously a lot of other things had to happen. But the only reason why they've won two Super Bowls, and by the way, let's not forget, it took them 50 years to get there, 50 years, yep. is because they made a really good choice and got Patrick Mahomes, who you know uh, turned out to be a generational player. So maybe they get a generational player somewhere along the way, and that changes things for them. But no, I'm with you. I, it, it is what it is, man. Yeah. They're kind of like the Minnesota Vikings of the MLS. They did. His name was Peppy, and they sold him for $20 million. Yeah, and we all started yeah. to feel really good about stuff. Um, yeah, well, everything is getting better, but that doesn't mean it's going to win an MLS yeah. Cup. Yeah, uh, average attendance this season. Oh, Dan, you go first on this one. I don't imagine it go down. It's not quite the height of the uh, the new era. I'm going to say 19. What was the do, what was the final number this year? Do we know off the anybody know off the top of their head? I don't know. I, I think, think it was 19. less than 19. Yeah, because 19 would be capacity. Yeah, 19096 is the actual full capacity number. So I think the I think the av- I think the full average was somewhere around 179 or 18 something buzz. Could the be. average was 18287. Okay. Yeah. I just think they're going to be a little bit better about maximizing their sales for these their own shows and events like that and and I think that uh, Man. I think that I think they're going to continue to sort of make slow incremental progress on this. I do. I think last year looked really great. Even if you the know. team sucks. Uh, yeah, I think that the team wasn't great last year. They were, okay. They were not very good. They were like they, you know, they're fighting to get in the playoffs. It's like I, I just think that I think they're doing so many things right off the field that are moving them in a more relevant direction in the market. That market. Remember, their whole market's not whole DFW. It's just that like thirty to forty-five miles. Yeah. So I think I think they're doing the good things. I think they're getting closer and closer all the time to being sold out all the time. So I'm saying 19. All right, and here is the official best question of the speculation podcast. Good evening, Steve Davis. It is. What do you think <laughs> the 2024 new home shirt for FC Dallas will look like? <sighs> and I want Dan to go first because he's okay. the official kit dude on this thing. Right, I predict that it will be uh, chartreuse. <laughs> That's a stupid answer. I mean, it's in line with the, everything, right? Uh, no, we're, seriously, what do you think it'll look like? What kind of design will it have? Okay, so um, so far, the only ML- MLS leaks have been the. Uh, the same template as 2023 um, with an updated color. The tw- Tiro 24 style that you can see for like uh, the Argentina jersey, Germany, 
Italy. Uh, it seems like that's not potentially not getting used in MLS uh, for for some odd reason. Uh, goalkeeper jerseys look like they're the save by the bell credits. Uh, it's probably going to be red. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really all I got. Well, that's not what I was looking for. Uh, Buzz, yeah. you got a you got a pick? I guess. Yeah, I think that um, it's going to be you know, FC Dallas likes to use promotional materials that tease out things. So I think that you know all the promotional stuff for twenty twenty four is showing a sort of cloudy reddish bluish. You know, I mean, obviously we knew that the colors are going to be red and blue. You know, the the top has been predominantly red. And the bottoms have been predominantly blue. So the sort of the cloudiness of these things make me think it's not going to be a hoop. It's going to be some kind of, I don't know, smoke-filled amoebas. Smoke-filled. Yeah, you know, like you're like the kit the U.S. had a couple of years ago that was some sort of amorphous, you know, liquidy-looking thing. Not to You mean a, the Monica Lewinsky? Yes, I wasn't going to call it that, but yeah, that one. I, I just feel like, look, it seems clear to me <laughs> That somebody at you said FC milky, Dallas, not me. Yeah, <laughs> somebody at FC Dallas really doesn't like hoops because the the best hoops are the clear, clean, awesome, you know, red and dark blue. They would look so good, and they won't do it. So it's clear to me that they don't like it. Somebody up there with authority, probably Clark, doesn't like that. So I think you're going to get some sort of amorphous, based on the little cloudy backgrounds that they're putting on everything. Promotionally speaking, I think you're going to get some kind of. Yeah, I would just tell everybody, uh, I think if if we've learned anything over the last several years is that the modus operandi is that the marketing team makes graphics and inside those graphics, we've learned over the years that hints or indicators of what the shirt design is going to look like come from that. I mean, we can go back the last however many, what seasons now, Buzz, four, five seasons? Oh, yeah, four or five, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. And, and so, so far, you call it cloudy. I would call it kind of a an ombre or a gradient. Yeah. Uh, although it's mostly red, there's some blue hidden in there. It makes me wonder if maybe the shirt's going to be um, a, 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 like a red torso with blue sleeves or something, um, with navy yeah. sleeves or if you know, or what if we're going to get one of those numbers where it starts one color at the top and fades to a different color at the bottom, or something? Yeah, you know, something well, you like me- that. You remember the reunion kit had that hash that we 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 saw and we thought, oh, that could look exactly like that. And Dan got so accurate that they actually thought it was a real picture. And then there there was a time where the current kit they have now, like the little the little uh, horizontal. Um, hashy kind of lines we saw those lines in stuff like in the background yeah. so there's been three or four like the ranger powder blue was showing up a little bit and some stuff here and there like there was a t-shirt that the that the uh, soccer 90 had you know like those kinds of hints are always out there so like the hints we're seeing now like you call it a gradient it's kind of like i called it a smoky looking you know amorphous kind of thing so like that's leading us to this idea that maybe they'll become some kind of fade or gradient or uh a lack of we're not seeing defined lines or edges or stripes or anything like that so that's why we're kind of leaning that way so uh a fun thing is adidas adidas has a uh it's okay to call it adidas dan yeah that's just wrong um 
has a service called Locker Room. It used to be called My Team, or yeah, it's the yeah, yeah, where you can yeah. create your own shirt thing. Yeah, yeah. Currently, it's actually down. Uh, it has a kind of patchy gradient pattern that is very much like oh. the uh, what's what's uh, it's very much like the kind of gradient blurry weirdness that the uh, the social media graphics have been using. Now, Adidas North America typically has a lot of autonomy on its designs. Uh, you know, aside from the 2020 kit where it had those kind of like uh, staggered... The hoops. River Plate third kit one. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Aside from that being the previous year's River Plate third kit, FC Dallas has pretty much been bespoke every year. Um, so whether they kind of use a pattern off of Locker Room... I don't necessarily know, but there's uh, there's, there's there's a big coincidence there. Hmm. Well, I always feel like they've gotten. I feel like over the years, the front office has gotten a lot better at uh, keeping the lid on this. Oh yeah, uh, because you know we all know there used to be a time and a day where by this point we'd all had seen the thing by now, right? <laughs> yeah. Like we'd get a text from somebody going, Hey, I saw this or somebody was at the photo shoot and took a picture and they sent it to somebody and then they sent it to two friends. And by the time the end of the day came around, you and I had it on our phone. Right. And so, but well, that hasn't happened in a long time. They used to put it in the Adidas catalog. And so like, Oh, all the coaches well, would yes. See it. Yeah. I used to run down. A, uh, yes. And I will tell you exactly how this used to happen. I used to make an annual preg, uh, uh, pilgrimage to a certain soccer store in this town when i got a phone call that said hey the catalog is in would you like to come look at the pictures and i would <laughs> i drive there and go look at the pictures and take pictures of them with my phone and i knew exactly what it looked like that hasn't happened in a long time and i do think it's pretty funny that the way we have by and large been able to figure out what the shirt's going to look like the last few years is from the club itself yeah it, it was worse when they would even do like the four or five little hints they would put out and the dam would be like, oh, here's what it's going to look like. Yeah. 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 So they've, yeah they've, they've done a much better job locking it down. We never get squat anymore, but it's no. still fun to play, speculate, play around and do a mock-ups and we'll see how close we well, can Well, just get. based on like the schedule graphic and things like that and people listening to the pod, just pay attention to the, the, the graphics that the team puts out. You'll probably pick up hints from there. That's all. That's the only thing the three of us are working off of at this point. I don't know anything else. The last time we got a real great leak was the Ranger Powder Blue. And we got that leak so far in advance that we did that April Fool's joke that wasn't right. an April Fool's joke. That was <laughs> right. actually our real prediction. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That yep. was fun. All right. Well, good times. Good times. Uh, good times. Well, Dan, I will expect a fully done, almost completely accurate mock up in uh, yeah, short yeah, order, maybe. Um, actually, the uh, MLS Media Day is coming up pretty soon. Uh, let me remember. Oh, maybe is. they'll be done and they give us a hint from some of that, like they usually do. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be on the 11th. Uh, what we normally see is the players are in their kits. They have a, they have a jacket over the shirt, uh, but people are taking photos absolutely everywhere. Sometimes players even put stuff on their Instagram. We get little <laughs> clues that way. Yeah, that's it's very true. helpful. Yeah, um, sure. that I mean that's honestly how the white shorts in the 2016 season came out. That's right. They took white shorts by mistake. People liked Castillo wearing them. They stayed. 
That's right. That was the best story. And just to remind the the, uh, FC Dallas, that was the last time you won trophies. Yeah, white shorts. (laughs) White shorts. Yeah. The power of the white shorts, uh, without a doubt. Okay, well. Well, one of the reasons why I I get on about the white shorts so much is that some of the great kits in the world, you know, are – have this pattern. And if you're going to, if you're not going to have a definitive branding, this is my biggest hype in your kit. If you're just going to have whatever red and blue year after year, after year, after year, use the pattern of the shorts and the socks to give yourself a branding. You can look at Chelsea's white socks that they wear with their blues, right? Or Manchester United's most famous example, red, white with the black socks, Mexico, red, white, and green, uh, the green, sorry, with the white and the shorts and the red sock. So like, you can be iconic like that by using the white shorts. The white shorts makes the darker jersey pop off if you're not going to have any highlights or trims or whatever. It's going to be amorphous like that. Because uh, when you look at SC Dallas now, you just get this splurge of dark red and black, and it's hard to really see anything definable about that that makes it an iconic kit. And the, and if you were if you were bring the white kits in full-time, white shorts in full-time, it would make that kit be more iconic. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do it. I know, but we can keep harping on it you know okay well if we um, keep asking maybe someday they'll wake up and do things differently <laughs> when have they ever done anything we asked them to do buzz i mean they did in 27 in the seasons place. huh hoops in the first place yeah i'm not even sure that was you <laughs> no 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 well, no uh, sure i think uh, a good way to uh ruin buzz's mojo right now is uh, another question uh we'll Liga Mekis and uh, MLS ever merge? Absolutely not. FIFA will not allow it. Oh, I completely disagree with this one. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Well, we already have Canadian teams in MLS, and FIFA loves money, and Liga MX that's, and MLS together would make crazy money. That's a little bit different. FIFA has come down and said, no, that teams are never going to be permitted into other teams' leagues. That's why they pulled the Canadian teams out of, uh, what was it, NASL before that went tits up. I know, but we have Canadian leagues and teams now. Not We're, since then. Sure, we have Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. They're not new since then. No. Oh, okay. Well, the same way, if let's say Wrexham went tits up, they would start again in the Welsh league. Like they they wouldn't be permitted to join as a new team in the English pyramid. I understand your reasoning, Dan, yeah. but I am 100% convinced that not only will they merge, I think the announcement will somehow coincide with the 2026 World Cup, either just prior or after. They'll either announce it just prior or after it, and it will happen. And I think that's part of what the, this whole League's Cup thing is, is just the testing ground for making, yeah. uh, building that. There's just too many indicators and too many people on the inside that are all talking about all the noise that's been going on now for the better part of three or four years uh, that I, I it, it almost certainly is going to happen. Yeah, I think the money wins out. To me, that's like, you know, um, La Liga wanting to play a game in the US, like uh, the Premier League wanting to play the 39th game in Asia. Sure. They, they want to do it, but there's a higher authority that's going to say absolutely not. Yeah, they may, they may. Yeah, it's possible, but I, 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 maybe you're right, and I, I'm part of me hopes you're right, but I, there's just too many signs indicating that this has been in the works for a very long time, and it's it's going to happen. Yeah, I agree with Peter. Again, sometimes I agree with things, and I hope I'm wrong. I don't know if I want this to happen or not. I just think it's gonna. Hmm. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Well, anything else? Any other questions you guys would like to answer? I think most of the rest of them are pretty are pretty small. Um, I, I, the only one I wanted to touch on that you didn't touch on that I really wanted to talk about was the one about somebody might get loaned out or not. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really convinced that I think Antonio Carrera should be loaned out. I don't. I don't think that Antonio. I think being here and being coached every day by Drew Keyshawn is amazing. Drew Keyshawn is, for my money, one of the best MLS coaches, soccer goalkeeper coaches in the league. I think being here and training with him is great. But I also think there's something to be said for taking a player that you value highly and challenging them. Just like they sent Jesus on loan, Brandon Cervani on loan, Imachu Amasi on loan. They love to send guys on loans that they're trying to develop. And so I think it would be good to send Antonio Carrera somewhere for not, it doesn't even have to be a whole season. You could do like a 10 or 15 game rip um, if you knew he was going to be able to, if somebody needed somebody for a short term, take him out of his comfort zone. Hell, send him to a second division team in Mexico. Send him to Spain. Uh, send him to USL championship somewhere away from here. Take him outside of his zone. Put put him in a pressure situation. This is how players get better, how they're stressed, how they, how they improve. So I think it would be a great idea. You can find a second keeper, you know, call Jimmy. He can, he can sit on the bench for half a season. Well, I think that is a good, solid uh, episode of speculation. Yes, it was. Good times. All right. Well, hopefully by the time we do this episode next week, we will have more news or something to share. Maybe Buzz will be in a better mood and more of a <laughs> ray of sunshine. Depends on start doing stuff. All right. You do just all we do here is read the tea leaves and add one and one together and see what we see. And... Right now, we see nothing other than a center back, which is the same thing as you get last year. Remember what we said last year, Peter? I know you remember this, about how if you stand pat, you get passed by. And look what happened. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. So look, to I, me, it feels like they're standing pat again. Yes. I Look, I, I'm the pessimistic one on this podcast. Yeah. I, I know exactly how this is going to play out. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just kind of weirded out that you seem to be even more pessimistic than I typically yeah. am in this situation. Boy, I so, don't feel good. Yeah. Usually I'm hearing stuff by now and I'm not hearing anything. Uh, you're making the, me the dark panic. cloud. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Maybe Dan will do something funny or lighthearted <laughs> to end this episode. Maybe well, oh, we, haven't gotten a, we haven't gotten an impersonation in a while. No, you're good. Okay. Right. I guess we're not getting one this time either. But hey, just just uh, I think it's only what uh, probably twelve ish days until preseason starts. Yeah, that's true. Just wait till they bring out a preseason schedule that is all domestic games against MLS teams, and you hear me blow a gasket. Oh, I was talking about training. Oh well, that's true. That starts in t- it's always, uh, uh, week and a half, so that'll be fun. Yeah, weekend of uh, Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. All right. That'll be good. We can tell you how shit Logan Farrington is or not, or how great he is. Or or they'll do what they did last year and close off the sessions, and we can't. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be great. Yeah, that'll, I'll love that. That'll be awesome. <laughs> uh, listen, now, I will give them credit. I remember the beginning of the year, we were. I was like, holy shit, are they really going to close training? By the end of the year, they actually had opened it up more than they have in a couple of years. So I will give them credit for turning that around a little bit. They've gotten better about that, so... But Dan's right. We'll see. <laughs> Everybody's going to unsubscribe and stop listening to this podcast because yeah. it's such a bummer. <laughs> it's FC Dallas. That's, it is a bummer. We're lowering expectations. That way they'll be your expectations will be exceeded and you'll feel positive about the season when it so happens. What, so the way that we should be framing this is that we're doing all the curious a favor. Yes. 
Yes. Right. Okay. Because if we hype the season up and then they're just okay, everyone right. will be mad. So we're bringing it down so that when they're just okay, everyone will be like, yay, we made the playoffs. Right. Or if they're, they're outstanding, <laughs> yeah. right, everybody yeah. will be completely over the moon. All right. That's what I'm okay. saying. Just plan for the worst and hope for the best. It's fine. Yeah. Man, I can't wait for the preseason prediction episode. Well, that'll lost, be different because lost. that'll be grounded in that'll be grounded in what we're actually seeing in training. So then we can be like, yeah, okay, you know, what my other. <laughs> <laughs> right now we have the caveat of not having seen them yet, so you never know. Well, you got me really worried when you say Eugene, Eugene Ansa is our breakout yeah. player of the season. That's, that's my breakout just, player. I'm calling the, it. That's the darkest yeah. thing. That's like me saying, making the joke that Oberon was going to be leading scorer. I was kidding. You're being serious. And he was number two. I am being I, serious. Well, yeah. I know. That was the sad part about that, is that he yeah. was the second best scorer on the team. Yeah. And I and was Ansa kidding. will be this year. Oh, the best scorer? Second best. Oh, okay. Oh, Oy vey. All right. Well, yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep tonight. Uh, Dan, uh, happy new year to you, my friend. Happy new year. Uh, who do you have in the FA Cup this weekend? Bolton. Oh, okay. I haven't played them in 27 years, I think it is. Is it uh, on the road or at home? Oh, crap. I don't How do you know. not know the answer to this? Because it's, uh, it's it's hard for me to buy tickets, funnily enough. Uh, we're at home. Okay. All right. Well, good luck there. Uh, Buzz? Sunderland. At Sunderland. That is a huge one. Yeah. That and, if you ha- and, uh, and I would encourage everybody to go watch the outstanding five, six-minute documentary about that uh, Derby called Twelfth Man. Okay. It's on YouTube. Go look it up. Have you not oh. have you seen this? No, I never heard of it. Oh, it's this wonderful footage of the uh fans all marching to the game. Oh. On a, a back in 2014. Dan, are yeah. you familiar with it? What is it, sir? It's called 12th Man. Have you never seen this? Nah. I'll send you both the link here in just yeah, a minute. You guys yeah. can watch. It's fantastic. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh and it'll make you never want to go because you're afraid you'll die in a in a in a in a riot. And where's this, sorry? It's on YouTube. No, where where what is it? Do you about? even listen to what we're talking about while we're recording this podcast, sir? No, we were just I, talk- uh, I had a squirrel moment and uh, uh, okay. we started reading <laughs> loot and no, stuff. We were uh no, we were talking about the Sunderland Newcastle uh FA Cup tie this weekend. And there's a five, six minute long documentary that came out in 2014 called 12th Man about those two teams and the fans uh, all kind of walking to the stadium. You've uh, never seen okay. I'll find it. I'll send it to you. Yeah, no. I mean, I just wouldn't get Sunderland as a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy from Luton. Yeah, that's telling you, son. It's a terrible place. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. You you described Luton once as a shithole too, so I just I don't know if they're well, the I mean, same won, kind of shithole or different shitholes, huh? Uh, twice, so, okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not an amazing place, but it's a damn sight better than Sunderland and, and most of the northeast. Okay. By the way, it's fun trying to watch Tom Bogart figure it out YouTube. <laughs> Have you watched his stuff yet? Yeah, two or three of them. Yeah, he yeah? definitely has no idea what he's doing, but it's funny. It's fun. He's got good info, though, right? His info is amazing, but he does not know how to YouTube. It's so it's fun to watch him try and figure it out. He'll figure it out eventually. He's a smart guy. Oh, I ain't do got a lot time of for that. Okay, I'll try and look. I'll try and watch. Uh, you know the the mustache is distracting, but that's a that's yeah. a, just a, a current vibe and look thing. There's not much right, uh, you right. can do with that. Yeah. Okay. 
Love All a bit right, of Tommy I'm... Scoops, though. Say yeah. that again? Love a bit of Tommy Scoops, though. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? Third Degree, the podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com. They've got everything you can want in the soccer game. Jersey tees, scarves. They've got every league. Premier League. Well, not every league. they got all the big leagues. Syria, MLS, FC Dallas gear. Get whatever hot team you're into, they're going to have it. Get that messy gear. Soccer90.com. As a Third Degree listener, you get 20% off your order if you use the code Third Degree. Spelled just like the website. 20% off. Soccer90.com. Some exclusions do apply. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Happy New Year to you both. Oh, thank you, man. Welcome to Season 6 yeah. of the podcast. Yes, for sure. And uh, thank you, FC Dallas Curious fans. Sorry about that. Uh, hopefully we'll be in a better mood and have better, newer, funner, more exciting things to talk about next week on another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. Just remember, it could be worse. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third Degree. The Green Air Podcast. The Green Air Podcast. The Green Air Podcast. The Green Air Podcast.